one of the questions we ask every team member after they've been with us for 90 days, we have a expectation meeting with them. And one of the things we ask is, if you're struggling, are you the type of person who will come to us and tell us you're struggling or do we need to ask? And this could just be a, an anomaly for accounting firms and the general personality of accountants, but even my support staff who work with us, 95% of them all say, you'll need to ask. You work hard in your business. On the Profit by Design podcast, we ask the big question, what has your business done for you lately? Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Starling, the business psychologist, the author of How to Hire the Best, and your co-host on the Profit by Design podcast. Weekly, my co-host, Mike Bruno, and I bring you tips, tools, and strategies from our own experiences and from the experiences of our guests who are entrepreneurial thought leaders and real-life entrepreneurs, all to support you in making intentionally profitable and sustainable business decisions to live the lifestyle you desire. At Tap the Potential, we know you're longing to be freed from the constant demands of your business. You need a business that supports your life. And the problem is your business is taking over your life, leaving you frustrated and discouraged. We get it. At Tap the Potential, we believe work supports life, not the other way around. We understand you're paying a team and most likely you're still having to do it all. There should be accountability. It should not be this hard, which is why through our proprietary coaching system, we help thousands of business owners like you have more time for what's important to them and grow profit by 300 to 800%. Here's how we do it. Start by taking our assessment at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment. You'll get an overview of your current quality of life as it relates to your business and next steps needed in your business to improve your quality of life while strengthening your business. Next, meet with our success team lead to debrief your results. Then, join our Better Business, Better Life program. By the end of your first year with us, you will have more time for what matters to you and more money in your bank account than you've ever had before. So, if you're ready to take your life back, the next step is to take our assessment at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment. Profit designers, today we're joined by John Briggs of Insight Tax. John Briggs is featured as a case study in my latest How to Hire the Best book, The Entrepreneur's Ultimate Guide to Attracting Top Performing Team Members. John currently has 25 team members and his business is growing. Needless to say, hiring is a top focus at Insight Tax. John does a lot to make his business a great place to work and to develop his team. And on today's episode, he gives us some of his insights around the importance of one-to-one -one meetings with team members and why he spends so much time getting to know his team members and encourages his leaders to do the same. I think you will find what he shares very enlightening and easy to implement in your own business. 
profit designers. At Tap the Potential, we are on a mission right now to be a positive force in social media during trying times for all of us entrepreneurs. In that regard, I would love it if you could help us out. We really want to get behind any of you who are doing good things in your communities, showing up and leading with love. If you are doing something to keep your team together during this time and you're sharing it in social media, or you come across another entrepreneur who is being a gift from their gift in some way that you notice, please use the hashtags lead with love and be a gift. Our team at Tap the Potential is on the lookout in social media for those hashtags, and we will be reposting those social media posts from the Tap the Potential social media. Let's all lead with love, be a gift, and shine bright during these trying times. John, welcome to the Profit by Design podcast. Thanks, Dr. Sabrina. It is good to have you back. You were one of our very early guests way back when, when we first started the podcast. And it's fun to have you back today. And you're featured in the How to Hire the Best, the Entrepreneur's Ultimate Guide to Attracting Top Performing Team Members because you have done some amazing things to really grow your team. As long as I've known you, you've had an interest in developing a great place to work and you've put a lot of intention around attracting the right people. And you also had some critical turning points in your business where hiring the higher level people that you needed was absolutely crucial and you were struggling. And so I really just want to invite you here to talk about the things that you've learned in the last six or seven years around building your team. So maybe describe your business as it is now and your team as it is now, and then we'll go to the way back when. Okay. So currently we have 26 team members. I have team members, A players in really key positions at this point. So like I have a head operations person, I have a head marketing person, I have a head, so my business is a tax firm. So I have a head technical expert for tax stuff. And we actually recently this year, in the last six months have created a head for the bookkeeping department as well. And so I have a leadership team and then based on the other team members in our company, they're either admin support, like supportive roles or they're accountants and everyone reports to somebody. So everyone is meeting with somebody once a week. And then as a leadership team, we meet once a week to make sure that we're talking about any team member that we feel like is either a flight risk or struggling or needs more support. So that's our current format. So 26 team members and every one of them has a one-to-one every week. Yes. That's amazing. And it's not you doing them. No. (laughs) We need to underscore that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Hence having a leadership team in place. Yeah, you can as the owner. Oh my goodness. No. No. So what in your experience is the maximum number of one-to-ones we're capable of? Man, I know there's numbers on this. I would say you probably want to be around the number seven, right? Give or take three, depending on the company, right? Four to 10 at most. Seven feels like that was a good number for us because that is a big time commitment for, like in my case, my leaders, you know, that's seven hours a week 
potentially that they're giving up could be done on other leadership things. And so more than that, it's going to be hard for them to remember the different things that each team member might be struggling with. But that's the range we're trying to stay with. So yeah, I think for myself, knowing my personality and who I am for has been my sweet spot for feeling like I'm able to remember everything that's important and, you know, keep that conversation going from week to week and not feel drained and like it's keeping me from doing other things that I need to be able to do as well. But everyone is different. And so your one-to-ones, it sounds like they're about an hour on your team. So some people do them in 20 or 30 minutes. So if you're doing shorter spots or slots with people, it may be possible to get more in. Regardless, this is a tremendous investment of time and human energy in your business. What is the value? Why are you making this big investment in these one-to-ones? Well, you know, in the long run, if I think about earlier in my career, starting as a, well, working at a big four accounting firm, not liking that environment, not feeling treated and respected the way I feel like humans should be treated and respected, and to moving on to being a solopreneur, then adding people, it really becomes down to my personal mission. And I think every business owner has their own personal why, as we've now almost cliche the phrase because of start with why and its popularity and success, because it is a great concept. My why is about helping business owners keep as much of their money as possible, because I truly believe The world is a better place. The economy is healthier. Everybody gets along better. The more the small business owner is control of the way money flows into the cycle, as opposed to the government controlling how money gets spent. And so I want to help as many small business owners as possible. And I had to have that switch as a solopreneur into, oh, should I turn this into a business? I was really good at it. At least I felt like I was good at it. But I'm limited, right? I can only do so much. So now by having team members who I can train to do things the way I think they should be done, they can help more people. So now I've leveraged my passion and ability to help small business owners by having other people do that. And the more I'm able to do that, I feel like the more good in the world is going to happen. So it would be crazy for me to hire these people and say, even, oh, here's a job description on a piece of paper. Great. Go get them, Tiger. Like, hello, we have things that come up on a daily basis. And so they need support. And in order for my mission and why to happen in the world, I need to give them support because a lot of people aren't very good at asking it. One of the questions we ask every team member after they've been with us for 90 days, we have an expectation meeting with them. And one of the things we ask is, if you're struggling are you the type of person who will come to us and tell us you're struggling or do we need to ask? And this could just be an anomaly for accounting firms and the general personality of accountants, but even my support staff who work with us, 95% of them all say, you'll need to ask. Mic drop. (laughs) That is big because we don't typically ask people, what support do you need from me? It is woven into the coach approach that we teach at Tap the Potential. And we teach this question in our one-to-one format, but the majority of workplaces, that's not a common question that people are asked and certainly not on a weekly basis. And you're asking this on a regular basis with your team members and 95% of your team are saying they're not going to just speak up and tell you unless you ask. 
But when we take it a step further, right, if we think about not having a structured one-on-one where they know, where every team member knows, I get a chance at least once a week to talk to someone. If I didn't have that in place, because I've worked in scenarios before we had that in place, so I know this to be a fact. When you go to your team member and ask them, how are you doing? They're going to say, fine. They're not going to tell you that they're struggling. And it's going to take multiple requests to finally get to it where you're going to have to call them out and be really observant. Hey, your words say you're fine, but your tone, your emotions, your behavior doesn't actually indicate that you are. With a weekly structure, it's a safe place for them. They know that when we ask, how are you doing? What are you struggling with? We don't have to waste time on multiple requests. They will tell us in that meeting. Yeah. And so you have built a relationship at that point because the meeting is happening every week that creates that safety and support. The consistency goes a long way to building trust in relationships. And then someone who just listens to you. And it's so it's one thing if someone asks you what support do you need and then they keep talking and they tell you what they think you need and then you don't feel heard. That's a whole different kind of conversation, right? So you've taught your team a different way to do it. It spent a lot of time teaching them how to listen. You've intentionally learned more about listening. I know that from some of the things that we've talked about. And that makes a whole, that changes the quality of these conversations right off the bat. Absolutely. I'm picturing a, I can see it like an improv comedy routine, like, how are you struggling? How can I help you? You know what I think you need to do. You need to come in and work earlier. You need to stay longer. You need to work faster. You know, are you just not smart enough? Maybe you should be studying on the extra time instead of like hearing, well, I'm actually struggling at home and that's why my performance is struggling. Yeah. I just, sometimes it's good to go through trainings like the coach approach so that you can understand it's really about asking the right questions and then listening and giving them a space to speak instead of talking over them about what you think they need to do. Because certainly in our leadership meetings, we'll talk about that. We can see a team member struggling. And we're like, well, maybe it's this. What if this? What if it's that? And it's like, well, great. We've prepped what it could be. Let's form some questions around it. But then let's let them, in your one-on-one with them, let's give them the space to tell us really what the answer is. For myself, one of the things that I've learned to pay attention to is a red flag that I'm not really listening and hearing my team member is when I say, I think it's this or that. And so when I'm coaching and I ask a business owner, what do you think might be underneath? What's the fear that might be driving that behavior? I'm asking that question with the intention of getting the business owner curious about why their team member is acting in this obnoxious way that's driving them crazy. And the response often is, well, I think it's this and I think it's that and I think it's that. And I think is where we're putting our assumptions into the mix. And that's what we as leaders have to be so careful about and mindful of is anytime we're making an assumption, we want to ask an open-ended question of the team member and find out what's really going on. Yeah. And ultimately they perform better when they're heard. Say more about that. That's a big insight. If you talk over them and you're not listening to them, and you're trying to tell them what you think is their issue, they're not going to show up for you the way that they need to. Even an A player, A players need to be heard, maybe even more so than other, because they have such a high capacity to perform well. But if you're not giving them the respect that they need, and they feel like you're stifling them and not listening, you've now taken their own individual purpose of showing up for you out of the equation. So now they care less. 
And ultimately, yeah, by listening, you want, you show that you care more. And then by showing that you get a better result out of them. Mm-hmm. You show that you're interested in who they are and what their opinions and perceptions are. And A players want to contribute. And if we stifle that, I think it really just drives down their morale. It it eats away at the core of what they're trying to do for us. So one of the things that I know that your team puts a lot of intention around is getting to know your team members, understanding who they are as human beings and what's important to them, and then supporting them in their hopes and dreams. And That for me, as I've written the How to Hire the Best series has been one of the pieces that has really evolved in the hiring process is it's not just about knowing how to attract those A players and hire them. It's about what do you do with them once they're on board with you to continue to build on what they have to deliver and really tap their potential by aligning their hopes and dreams with the vision that you have. And I think you've done a tremendous job and put a lot of intentionality on this at Insight Tax. So I want to hear you just share your story about this. Okay. Let me first start with the thought that in my opinion, I don't think it's possible in the long run to externally motivate somebody. I think provide short-term things that might like, you know, like whipping the horse to get him to run. And so in my opinion, in order for our team members to have motivation, you have to connect what you're doing as a business to what they want to do personally and what they're passionate about. And once you do that, that's where you really start to see some amazing results. And your life as the owner improves because you don't have to micromanage anybody. So we hire everybody and we have a 90-day trial period. It's kind of like an extended interview. We tell them that. And then after the 90 days, they officially become an employee, a team member, we have them fill out a list of their dreams. We base it off of, I think it's called the dream manager. We base it off of that concept. But so we have a bunch of questions that prompt them to fill it out for themselves. And that could be anything as simple as what are literal things you want to buy? Like I want a mixer. I want a laptop. Where are places you want to travel to? What are hobbies you want to learn? Are there any skills that you're trying to develop? Do you have any passion projects or something you're strongly about? We have them list that as much as possible. And usually we get, you know, 35 to 70 responses. Now with that list, that becomes like a very nice golden ticket for us as the owners when it comes to what is their internal motivation? Because when I first started being a business owner, I just thought people wanted more money because I wanted more money. I wanted to make more revenue. I wanted to see money in the bank account. Hey, that's fun. You know, we all have different motivations. And a lot of times just getting straight money, so an additional bonus on their paycheck or a gift card or things like that, sometimes it actually minimizes the way they perceive you feel about the good work that they did. Instead, I can put the same dollar amount into a gift it's thoughtful that they've already told me at 90 days is a gift that's important to them. I can match it to that. And now they actually sincerely can feel my authentic appreciation for what they're doing for the company. And then they obviously gift in exchange like, wow, and this is tied to my own personal mission. So like one of the examples that we have, I have a team member and he loves to golf. And so one of the things that he wrote on his list was, custom golf clubs. 
that sounds really expensive. And for a team member who's making $40,000 a year, he considered that a lavish expense. He's like, I could never do this. So he, at the end of tax season, I kind of calculate bonuses and I follow profit first. So I actually set aside a separate bucket specifically to bonus team members. And so I had cash and I knew how much I could spend on him. And I wanted to spend around 1200 bucks as a bonus to show appreciation. So I called around, I looked at everything and I'm like, okay, I can actually get him customized golf clubs for 1200 bucks. And I can give him a full experience where like they, like he goes in, they show, they watch him do his swing. Like it was an immersive experience. But so I set him up too. And I said, Hey Lynn, I need you to come with me on a client appointment. It's kind of a new lead. I'd like to have you like manage part of the relationship. So block this block of time out on your schedule. So we're driving, we get, we're coming into the parking lot. He's like, oh, so it's a business? Like it's a retail business because we're driving into the retail. So I'm like, yeah, something like that. We pulled in and I go, Lynn, I'm sorry, but I've been lying to you. We don't actually have a client meeting. What we have here is I set up an appointment for you to get customized clubs. So we're going to go in together and they're going to set you up. I mean, it was so great. You could see his emotion. He's a big, strong Polynesian guy. So, you know, they're good at hiding that, but you could see that he was touched, which is what I wanted him to know my appreciation. And I could see that. And so now instead of giving him a $1,200 bonus on a check, which is going to be forgotten, probably going to go towards bills, which isn't a bad thing, but not the same level of showing my sincerity. So now he's got these golf clubs that are custom fit to him, to his swing, everything. And every time he golfs now, he can remember my appreciation. That's it right there is that it's an experience and he's going to remember this and he feels it every time he golfs. And so if you had just given him a $1,200 bonus, that would have been a nice little, oh yeah, great. This is great. I can go do something fun with this, but it's not connected. It's not tied into who he is and what matters to him. In doing this, you've really shown that you support what matters to him, that you're mutually invested. And so the other thing that I want to highlight that you said that money can actually make people not as motivated or undermine motivation. And psychologically, for A players, if we bonus for performance, one of the things that can happen is they can start to attribute their increased performance to a desire for an external motivation. So what you said earlier is I don't think you can motivate people externally for a long period of time. You can't, and you certainly can't do it with A players. A players are naturally intrinsically motivated. It comes from within us. It's our own drive. And so if we attribute our performance to something outside of us, it will undermine our performance over time. So we who are building these A player teams have to be very attuned to the psychology of A players and be very careful even with our bonus systems because we could unintentionally be demotivating our A players. Yeah, I love it anytime the psychologist can back up the data with my field. It's good. <laughs> There's data that shows what you're sensing is actually happening. <laughs> it's great. So 
And the other piece about this golf club story is I've shared the golf club story on multiple occasions as an example, because when you and I started talking about you wanted to take a four-week vacation, you had that on the books and you had this one hire that you had to make and you weren't having any success in attracting the right A player, we dug in and we tried to figure out what needed to shift so that you would attract the right A player. And so I went on your website and I looked at your career page and you had a video up there, like most business owners would create for a careers page. You were talking a bit and, you know, there was some shots of the business and just talking about what you guys do. And I know you, I know that it's the stories you've told me about your team members. And I knew none of that was coming through in that video. I was like, where's the life here? There's no life in this video. And so I asked you if we could survey your top team members. And in those surveys, some of these stories, not the whole story, but pieces of the stories started to show up and the golf club story was in there. And I said to you, John, we need to have this story on your careers page. And so you did that. You went to your team members and you asked them to get on video and share why they like working at Insight Tax. And that really changed the quality of the people, I believe, that you started to attract. Yeah, totally. We made the common mistake. And it's funny, even as you highlighted for us, like what you were seeing and why you didn't think it was working, it's like, duh, those are logical, even just basic marketing principles that we use in our normal marketing that I literally was too far in the weeds to see it myself. Our first video talked about us. It talked about how great we were. It's the same with marketing. People don't care how long you've been in business. They don't like, oh, we've been around, established in 1822, serving you for 125 years. Right. No one cares, right? Just We're a great accounting firm. We are different than everybody else. Hey, newsflash, every accounting firm says they're different than everybody else. So yeah, it wasn't compelling at all. And I want to pause you there too. And for those who don't know you, one of the things that stands out about Insight Tax and what you've done with the business is your marketing focus. You guys, there's your peers learn from you all on your marketing. And so you had this disconnect. You have this strength on marketing. You know how to market to attract clients and you were not applying that to attract A players. And I'm highlighting this because this is what we entrepreneurs do. We know the right things to do and we have these blind spots. That was a blind spot. Huge blind spot. Yeah. And so when you highlighted, like, we've surveyed your people, you have some good stories here. Let's tell their stories because it's in the storytelling where your candidate A player is going to see themselves. They don't see themselves in me saying, we're great. Our team members have a great experience working for us. They don't see themselves, but they do see themselves when Lynn gets on camera and explains from his perspective, the surprise client visit that turned into custom golf clubs. Or my other team member who, you know, they struggled for a long time to get pregnant and finally got pregnant, but she was so far in her career. Now she's torn like, oh, I want to be a mother, but I don't want to give up my career. And sometimes in traditional accounting firms, that happens. It's like, if you can't give me the 55 hours a week, then you're out. So she's able to still make multiple six figures from her salary. And she gave birth and she's basically a stay-at-home mom. She can do both. That's amazing. Yes. And so her telling that story 
Now that resonates with potential candidate A players because they can see through the experience of my other team members who've enjoyed how we're different. I don't have to work 55 hours a week in this accounting firm. I actually see my spouse during tax season. My wife isn't, or my husband isn't a single parent during tax season. And it's them telling their story. And that's just, it was so much more compelling, which again, fit basic marketing principles that I had, I just was not seeing. Well, it's also your immutable laws are woven into the stories that they're telling. So you've intentionally created a workplace where everyone can have good quality of life, work supports life, not the other way around. And you have team members who appreciate that. And that's why they're with you. They're telling their stories and like attracts like. So when you put your A players on video sharing these things, other A players, like you said, see themselves in the story. And now you're not just giving lip service to Insight Tax is different, or you're going to have a great career at Insight Tax. You're different. And that's one of the ways that you're different. So I want to dig in a little bit around your emphasis on quality of life and because I get asked a lot because tap the potential. We have team members who work part-time. We're all part-time and that's done intentionally so we can have a life because I believe it makes us better coaches when we have a life. (laughs) We're human beings. What do you notice about your team when they have that balance in their life and that opportunity to be present in their important relationships and have time away from work? I can tell you the first one is, we only lose team members that we have identified that don't fit. Ah, so turnover, (laughs) it's very low. Our retention turnover on the people we want to keep around, the A players, is very good. And that's because they're not stressed out. They're not getting burnt out. They have no reason to look at another company because they know no one else is going to treat them the same way that we do. They know that when they want to take a family vacation, I'm going to support that, you know, Of course, people have to get their work done, and they understand that too. But for them to know that I really want them to have a family life, because I think that's where most our happiness in this earth can come from, they can see that in the way we set up everything. So that's a lot less work for us as a company, because we don't have to spend so much time hiring people to then train them, lose the money on that cost, and then have them leave our company, because they want to stay. So you're an accountant. You are a fellow Profit First Mastery member. What impact does low turnover and high retention have on profit, John? Please tell us. (laughs) Well, it increases profit. I mean, there are so many studies out there. And I know the first time I came across these studies years ago, the numbers, you almost don't believe them. Like really, every time I lose a team member, it really costs me 10,000, 40,000, six figures, $100,000, like depending on the person. Yeah, it actually does. Like if you think about your entire infrastructure and what goes into hiring somebody from getting someone interested to coming into your business to then having them learn how to do the job for the first however long that takes in your company, depending on the high level of technical expertise needed, to then have to, if they decide to leave, where they should be now producing return on the money you're paying them. You don't get that return. You're immediately back into another cost section to bring on more people. The numbers are real. Like we're talking massive amounts of money saved 
by retaining A players instead of letting them not like what you've created, not feeling like you care about their contribution, not feeling like they have the autonomy that A players deserve. Like there are just so many aspects around it, but bottom line is you have more cash left in the bank account if you retain your A players. Yes. And the other piece is that we all, even when we're good at hiring, like you've mastered hiring, you've gotten over the hurdles, you know what to do to attract A players. None of us want to be out there having to work hard to get A players. And so when you have good retention, you hire fewer team members, you are hiring A players so you can have fewer people on your payroll. Payroll is a big expense, right, John? (laughs) As an accountant, (laughs) one of the bigger expenses in a business. And so, you know, the other thing that I picked up on, and you believe in it, I believe in it, is pay your A players well. So talk about that side of it from an accounting perspective and a profit perspective. Why are you choosing to pay well? Your A players will give you a ridiculous multiple on the money you invest in them. That's why they're A players because you don't have to micromanage them. They buy into your vision. They show up, they know what they need to do. And on top of knowing what they need to do, they go the extra mile and like just improve everything around them as well. So you think about replacing that person who's giving you a multiple and sometimes multiples in accounting speak. So what I'm saying is if you're paying them $5,000 a month, you're getting potentially a $20,000 worth of value back out of them. You know, a multiple one return on investment. I think any A player easily is a 4X on top of their cost. Mm-hmm. You think about if they left, one, you have to go through the training period. So you're going to have, I don't know, one month to four months to six months of paying a team member before they get up to speed to give you a return. And if that person ends up not being an A player, maybe they're just covering their cost. Okay, so... Now I'm getting $5,000 of value for the $5,000 I'm paying, which means on one hand, I'm never recouping my training period costs. And so, gosh, wouldn't I just be better off paying that A player $7,500 or even $10,000? Because guess what? You increase the A player's pay to show that you appreciate them. They're they're gonna continue to increase their multiple. So at 5,000, maybe they're giving you $20,000 of value, but then they show you, you show that you appreciate them, up their pay, even double it, you're going to get more than the 20000 you initially got from them because that's what A players do. So just to speak to this, I'm teaching Leadership Boot Camp right now. And Leadership Boot Camp is for the A players in our clients' businesses. And there are people that have been identified with leadership potential. Maybe they're in a leadership role currently or business is rapidly growing and they're going to be in a leadership role in the next six months. So... In just three weeks time, when we start teaching these A players about the sweet spot of the business and understanding the importance of profitability in a small business, the switch goes on. Like they start getting really curious about how do I add value? And then we tell them as a team member, you need to be producing a minimum of a three to one return on investment on what comes into your paycheck. 
And you also have to understand what you see in your paycheck is not the actual cost that business bears of having you on the payroll. So as soon as these are A players, and as soon as they hear three to one return on investment, they're thinking about that. They're looking at, they go into their one-to-ones with the business owner saying, tell me what to do. Help me understand our sweet spot. I want to know what is my most important result that I can deliver that's going to help you get this return on your investment. That's what an A player thinks about. And think about internal motivation versus external motivation, right? These A players are the ones that triggered in them. They're first saying, how do I give the owner the return? Someone's not an A player isn't. And we know what those conversations look like. Hey, Bob, I'm bringing you in today because I'm just really worried about your performance. You know, I, I really, I need, in order to afford to keep you, I need to see a three times return on what you're doing or I can't afford it. Well, Bob's going to leave thinking, what a greedy owner. He's not an A player. He's not internally motivated. That's why it makes more sense to go ahead and pay your A players more because keep them. Don't give them an opportunity for someone to come in and be like, yeah, I really like working here, John, but I got an offer over here that's, I just can't turn it down. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that piece too, because psychologically we know that people don't leave jobs. They leave managers. And we also know that past a certain point, money is not a motivator. Once our basic needs are met around about 70,000 is the number that gets thrown out a lot. Anything beyond that is not much of a motivator. So the one-to-ones, I'm kind of going full circle here in our conversation, the one-to-ones create the opportunity for team members to bond with their manager, whoever they directly report to. They create the opportunity for that manager to be supervised by someone else who's helping them build their coaching skills, which reduces the likelihood that they're going to be one of those bad managers that your eight players are going to leave, right? And because those one-to-ones are happening regularly, the issues, the things that start to irk an A player are getting addressed because you're asking, what support do you need? Well, if there's a bad team member who's not performing well, oftentimes that's a very awkward conversation to go to the business owner and say, Joe over here, he really stinks. And I wish you'd fire Joe. But if you have a regular one-to-one, you have a safe place where you can say, I am really struggling with Joe and I need some help on how to manage Joe. And if that supervisor or manager is hearing that conversation about Joe over and over, you have a leadership team where those issues get brought forward and they get dealt with. So this, I mean, you have a full circle system in place at Insight Tax to support your A players in being highly effective for you. Yeah, which also then in turn increases the bottom line for the business, which then allows me to hire more A players, which then allows me to help other people stop getting screwed by the IRS and the government. <laughs> Furthers my mission, you know, beautiful cycle. It is. It's a beautiful cycle. And as we go out, one of the things that you may not know it yet, you are in the final chapter talking about you've hired your A players. Now what's next? because you were able to take a four-week vacation as a result of having this team of A players. So how is that freeing you up? You, who's having such a great impact out here in the world, it's not all you doing it now. You're freed. Yeah. You know, environments change. The world has shifted pretty dramatically in 2020. 
And I think we can all know that there will be more dramatic shifts in future years, regardless of when that is. So as a business owner, my value now becomes more of how do I navigate supporting my team members to carry forward the mission of the business? How do I navigate the changing circumstances so that they still feel supported and want to come and I don't do anything to like put out the flame of their internal motivation. My time is best spent there. And so getting team members in place to do the other stuff that I was doing, which many business owners probably may be doing still the day-to-day things, you know, it's not what, but who. So like, who do I hire to get that off my plate? I can now focus on those things And I'll continue to be able to have the time and space to do that now as the business continues to grow, which you can't do that unless you can pull off a four-week vacation. And the reason it's a four-week vacation is because typically that's a full business cycle. Everything that happens in your business will at least happen once during that four-week cycle. And if your team that you've set up and trained and supported can handle that without your input, the sky is now the limit for you as the business owner with the million opportunities you want to take on to further your own mission and to provide this amazing environment for your team members to continue to thrive. You cannot do that if your head is in the weeds and you're the one doing the day-to-day stuff, which has to get done. It just doesn't have to get done by you. And that is my mission is to free business owners up from the demands of their business so that they can really be in their gift because that's the four week vacation is not about sitting on the beach, sipping pina coladas or margaritas. For some it might be, but it's really what happens after the four week vacation is that awareness that I don't have to be in the middle anymore of this business. And I can focus on the things that interest me and where my greatest contribution to humanity is. And I mean, that's what I hear you're doing and it's a beautiful thing. And here's the thing too, the more people, A players you add to your leadership team, the better your company is because they see things based on their experiences, which were different than yours. I can't how many times I'll come in with like, yeah, I was thinking about this and they'll come in and like take my little idea that I thought was good and just magnify it. And now everything's better. Like it just, more heads are better than one. Especially when they're A player heads. Yes. yes. Right. So as we wrap up, I want to let our profit designers know you can go to howtohirethebest.com to find out where to get the book. We have a quiz. Are you ready to hire your A players at howtohirethebest.com forward slash quiz. And John, I want to thank you for being here and sharing your story because I believe you are inspiring others who may be in the weeds right now thinking, you know, this is my first hire. I don't know how this is going to go. Or maybe they're hiring employee number 15 and what still feeling like they're in the weeds, even with these 15 employees, you're showing how you can take employees and turn them into team members when they're a players and take your life back. And really as you're taking your life back, you're having a big impact. So I really appreciate you sharing your story. Well, thank you for having me. And I want to thank you because I wish I had gone through and learned the stuff that you teach, the coach approach stuff. When I hired my first hire, not, I think I had 12 or so team members before I got the training that you guys have. And we could have grown faster had I learned this stuff earlier. So the sooner the better to get this stuff implemented. Thank you for sharing that. 
If your business is taking over your life and you're ready to take your life back, Tap the Potential's Better Business, Better Life program could be just what you're looking for. By the end of your first year in our program, you will have more time for what matters to you and more money in your bank account than ever. Get started. Take our assessment at tapthepotential.com forward slash assessment. Thank you for spending time with us today. Join our conversation in the Profit by Design podcast Facebook group. Share your thoughts on today's episode, ask us questions, and let us know what you want to hear about next. Visit our website at ProfitByDesignPodcast.com to access resources from our sponsors and tools we've created for you. Subscribe to the show on whatever platform you're listening to right now. There's a subscribe button right there. Go ahead and hit it so that you always get a notification when we release a new episode. And finally, share our podcast with a friend if you know a friend who would enjoy it. Thanks again for listening. This is real life business. Keep your chin up. Keep moving forward. You got this.